Well, uh, today, of course, is Mother's Day, and I want to pray for our uh, I want to pray for our moms uh, and potential moms uh, today. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter one. I'm going to pray over our moms, and then we're going to get into the Word uh, this morning. Moms, you are a blessing. Listen up, moms, grandmas, you are a blessing. You are a gift to us, and uh, uh, we're just so uh, so honored uh, by by all that you do. I love that uh, the moms who who brought their kids today, even when we don't have children's ministry uh, going uh, today. Uh, you are a gift. You're training your children up in the way that they should go, and I promise you that they are going to see uh, God's miraculous move because of the example that you have set in in their life. So I want to pray for our moms, but you know what? I also want to pray for uh, you know. Inevitably, there could be somebody watching me online this morning, uh, and they want to be a mom, but they haven't been able to conceive. Uh, you know, they're married and maybe seeking that. And we want to pray for them as well. We want to pray for Mother's Day miracles. Mother's Day miracles. And we also, I know that God has put it in the heart of people here at Calvary to adopt and, and to foster children. I'm praying God would open those doors on Mother's Day. We want a Mother's Day miracle to happen. That all of our mothers would be blessed, refreshed. And that those who want to be moms, their wombs would be open. And that God would open door for adoption and foster. Come on, let's. if you're sitting next to your mom, you ought to put your hand on her. You ought to, you ought to throw a $20 bill at her or something, you know. Uh, okay, if you don't have one of those, just put your hand on her. We're going to pray for her good. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for our moms. We thank you for how they've cared and nurtured us, Lord, for our grandmothers and mothers, Lord. Lord, what a gift you've given to us, Lord, ones who care for us and raise us up and speak to us and nurture us, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have given to us in our moms. And God, we pray a blessing upon our moms that they would live for you, know you, Lord, worship you, find fulfillment in walking with you, Lord, and impart your wisdom to us as they walk with you. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, would you grant to our mother's health, Lord God. Would you bless them from head to toe. Lord, keep them in peace, Lord God. Cause your face to shine upon them. And Lord, today we're asking for Mother's Day miracles, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would open the wombs, Lord, of those, Lord, wives, Lord, who want to have babies, Lord, who have not yet been able to conceive. God, would you give us a Mother's Day miracle, Lord, here today. Lord, today, move by your spirit and open the womb, Lord, and do what only you can do, God. And Lord, bless them with children. Lord, I pray that you would answer the cry of those, Lord, who long to adopt. Lord, who have come up against obstacles. God, in Jesus' name, open every door for them so that they can care for those, Lord God. Lord, who, uh, who are not connected to their mothers and fathers. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I today pray that you would bless our mothers, bless those Open those wombs, Lord, and bless those, Lord, who want to adopt and foster. Lord, we thank you for being so good to us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Make sure you love on your mom in a, in a really, really good way today. Well, uh, 
Just a couple of little reminders. If you are a guest or visitor here today, we in our seat back in front of you is something called our connection card. Just pull that out and fill it out for us and drop it in the connection card boxes on the way out. It's not, we don't give that information to anybody else. We just keep it so you can stay connected to all that God is doing here at Calvary. Don't forget, Calvary, we pray every day online, 9 a.m. It's a great time of worship and prayer. If you can't join us here live, you can come live now uh, and, and join us from 9 to 10. It's an incredible time of prayer. Uh, but if not, you can join us online, and we want to continue to fill uh, the, uh, our region with uh, prayer until God totally relieves us of this COVID-19 uh, crisis. And so we've been so, so blessed by that ministry. We want you to stay connected to all that we're doing. So make sure you're listening for your weekly encouragements and the COVID-19 updates. Hear about all the ministries that we're, we're, we're going to be doing uh, as we open up more and more and follow the leadership of the Spirit. Well, if you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse 46. Um, you know, uh, today I, I want to speak to you a message called A Mother's Word. Now, the title of this message is a little play on words, as you will begin to understand here in just a moment. Uh, but uh, my mom used to say something to me as a child, uh, which when my mom said this to me as a child, you knew you were about to see action come from mom, okay? This is what she would say. She, she called me by my nickname, Audie. She said, Audie, mark my words. Mark my words. And as a child, I didn't even really know what that meant, except I knew that I was about to... Most of the time, I was about to go home and receive a bachelor's degree from the Board of Education. Okay, that's mostly what I knew that that meant. Uh, some of you will have to figure out what that means. That means that I was about to receive the gift of some corporal pun punishment, okay? I was about to be blessed and straightened out. Mark my words. But, you know, there were other times that she would use that statement uh, when, we were, when we were fearful or when we were concerned or when we had a, a genuine desire. And she would say things like this when we didn't know, uh, you, know uh, you know, whether or not we were, I mean, we went through some tough times as a child and my mom had to step up in a major way. And she said, mark my words, I promise you we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna make a way. And I don't know if you've ever had a mom who, who steps in that way and loves you that way. But when somebody says, mark my words, it, it's like saying, hey, you can count on this. And as I was preparing this message, uh, my heart began to go toward a passage that I have never shared from before. And this is, this is what we're going to do today as a church. We are going to mark the words of Mary, Jesus' earthly mother. You see, there was this time where, where Mary released something called the Magnificant, okay? It's, it's called Mary's Song, and, and there are powerful truths re revealed in Mary's song. Uh, and, and, and these words that she says are, are words you can count on. 
They are words you can count on. And, and it, just to give you a little bit of a background before we read this passage, this is actually happening after Mary has had the encounter uh, with the angel that said, hey, you're going to be with child. Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The Holy Spirit's already touched her. And now she is carrying, listen, she is carrying the word in her womb. She's carrying Jesus, the word, in her womb. You see, last week we found out as God was restoring revelation that John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John 1, 14 says, and the word of God was made flesh and literally dwelt or tabernacled among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. We found out Jesus was the word. So here we are in this moment where Mary is carrying the word in her womb. She's carrying, she has received the word. And she now goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth who is carrying in her womb, John the Baptist. John the Baptist, you know the guy, camel hair, eats bugs and wild honey, that guy. I mean, he, I, I, think, I think what he did is like, John the Baptist was a bad man. I mean, he was like, he was eating the, the honey from murder locusts, right? Or murder, murder hornets, okay? That's what he's after, okay? Yeah, he's not intimidated. This is not a guy who's intimidated by anything. And yet now he's in his mother's womb and Mary comes carrying Jesus in her womb and John, in his mother's womb, jumps up and down in his mother's womb whenever Jesus comes in. And then Elizabeth gets filled with the Holy Spirit. She gets touched by God, begins to prophesy over Mary. And then Mary, in this atmosphere of God moving, releases these words that you can count on. And so that is what we're going to look at today. Luke 1, we're going to start in verse 46. It's called Mary's Song. It's powerful. It says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy." as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. This is a wonderful, wonderful song. And, and it is a response to what she is carrying, who she is carrying, the word. Mary is carrying the word of God in her womb. And if there is an idea or maybe a direction of thought that I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying to us as a church is he is saying this. I want you to be aware of who you are carrying. I want you to be aware of what 
you are carrying as a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. Now listen, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, it's good news. Grace will make you a candidate to carry all these truths that I'm talking about today. So believers need a revelation of what they are carrying and the impact that it can have. And today, I want to just give you some, some ideas about this Word, if we will receive the word, what will happen in our lives and through our lives? First, the received word reveals God's worth. These are words you can count on from Mary's song. The received word reveals God's worth. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. That means her soul enlarges the Lord. Her soul says, I'm going to to focus on God and increase my awareness of him. I am going to extol the Lord. I am going to make great the Lord. But notice what what, what is doing this. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My mind, my will, my emotions. But how many of you know that that oftentimes is the most vulnerable part of who we are? Our mind goes away from us. Well, our mind just simply sees circumstances for what they are and we respond to it and many times emotionally and many times the wrong way. And she says, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions will magnify the Lord. And let me add this and not my circumstance. My mind, my will, my emotions are not going to magnify this crisis that I am, I'm in right now. My mind, my will, my emotions are gonna magnify the Lord. And I'm telling you, this is what this, these are words you could count on when she began to realize what she had received within it. She says, my soul will magnify the Lord. You know what she could have magnified? The fact that she was probably 16 years old and pregnant and not married. Hello. She was engaged when all this stuff started happening and the, and the community was gonna start ridiculing her and, and, and berating her, but what she do? She says, I'm not gonna listen to the noise. I'm not gonna listen to the chatter. I'm not gonna listen to what other, other people are saying. I'm not going to let my soul magnify what others are saying, what circumstances saying. My soul will magnify God. And when you receive the word, The received word reveals God's worth. He says, no, God is so worthy that I am going to magnify him above my circumstance. I love this. Then it goes on and she says, my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. My spirit rejoiced. All right, listen up here. This is going to mess with some of my more reserved, proper believers Those who prefer more monastic worship, which means like a monk, 
You're probably not here if you really enjoy monastic worship. That's not really our style. Uh, uh, but those of you who, who, who long for the liturgy and the properness of, that comes with religiosity and the stained glass windows and such, this is going to mess with you. Her spirit, literally, she says, and my spirit rejoices in the Lord. Guys, I, I, I've looked this up and down in the Greek. Here's what it means. It jumped for joy. It jumped for joy. I just want to know, when you receive the word of God in you, is there something as we begin to sing to the Lord that he's the rock upon which we stand? Is there something in you, in your spirit, that starts to jump a little bit? You know, you're like, I'm not a dancer. Listen, I'm not a dancer either. Believe me. One of those things I needed lots of healing from is my mom. God bless your mom if you're watching. As a teenage boy, listen, teenage boys, you're, if your mom never did this to you, listen, you're, you're way ahead. As a teenage boy, listen, listen. As a teenage boy, my mother made me become part of a traveling clogging group. Y'all, some of y'all are like, I want to see some of that. No. 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 It was, it was a short period of time when I was way out of the will of God. I don't like to dance in front of people. I don't like it. But you get me in the presence of God. And you and I, and there's something that I have received from heaven, a salvation that didn't start with me. And then all of a sudden we're singing songs that magnify him. There is something in me that says, Lord, I want to jump. I want to dance. I want to move before you. Why? Because these are words you can count on. You receive the word. There ought to be something in you that says, I'm going to dance while I can dance. And while I'm still in my 40s and into my 50s and 60s and Lord willing into my 70s, I'm going to keep my holy hop going. As long as he'll let me, as long as he gives me strength in my bones, I'm going to receive the word which, we, which reveals his worth. And when you see his worth, you what? Rejoice. Rejoice is not singing. Rejoice is a physical response to the worth of God. That's what the word means. And it includes sometimes spinning around. Come on, I pray our worship surfaces, uh, they need to get a lot more messy. You need to start dancing before the Lord. If you ever receive the word and you carry something from God, you're carrying the Savior and you say, my spirit sees the worth of God, you'll want to dance before the Lord. You'll start taking the look of your great, 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 grandfather David who was dancing before the ark as the presence of God was coming back into its rightful place. He is saying, listen, I look like a common man. I'm not looking like my job. He said, I took off my royal robes because I wanted to look like everybody else who has ever been before the presence of the Lord. And he was dancing. His wife looked down on him and she, he said to her, I will become even more undignified than this. I won't be held high in your eyes, but in their eyes, I will be. There ought to be something in you that when you see, when you receive the word in your womb, when you get born again, it reveals God's worth. And you say, God, whatever kind of worship 
would declare your worth. That's what I want my life to look like. God's worth always leads to God worship. When you ever see who God really is, it will lead to God worship. Now, there is something I want to touch on here, which if you were not carefully looking over this, uh, you may have missed it. Um, Mary says these words, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And I want to talk to some of my brothers and sisters who, who come from more of a, a Catholic background right now. And I'm not slamming Catholics. But there is a misconception and a false belief about Mary. That Mary was immaculately conceived herself apart from sin. That meant that she was divine in some way. But yet here in a song, in response to God, here's what she says. I rejoice in God my Savior. Sinless people don't need a Savior. Only those who have sinned. Only those who are, yeah, so, so Jesus doesn't need forgiveness. Why? Because he never sinned. God doesn't need forgiveness because he's never sinned. But yet Mary here says, I rejoice in God, my Savior. And I love what Isaiah 45 says. It says, tell me, tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from the ancient time? Who's told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no other God beside me, a just God and a Savior, there is none beside me. There is only one Savior. And when she said, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, here's the revelation. She was actually rejoicing in what she was carrying. What was in her womb, she was rejoicing over Jesus, who is God in the flesh, come to save his kids. And all who would place faith in him. It's a powerful truth. But when you know him as Savior, you will worship him as God. When you know him as Savior, you'll worship him as God. Second, let me give you this. The received word reveals our condition. These are words that you can count on. They came from Mary. The received word reveals our condition. First, she says... The Lord remembered her lowly estate. The lowly state of his maidservant, verse 48. For behold, henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. This is actually twofold. First, it's the lowly estate. And then, it's the blessed estate. So let's look at the lowly estate. And let me say it to you this way. All of us before Christ are in a real lowly estate. And that is the lowest state of humanity. When you are not in relationship with God, when you are not walking with him as you were created to walk, that is a low state. I promise you, just go to Instagram. You'll see plenty of human beings in their lowest state. You don't have, just a couple swipes on Facebook, lots of low estate. People who don't know God. 
Let me, let me give you some of the titles of the low estate of, of, of not knowing God. First, it's lost. The low estate of being lost. That means that, that we're out of the sheepfold, that we're not connected to our shepherd, Jesus Christ. And yet we find in Matthew 18 that Jesus said that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. When we were lost and without hope, Jesus comes looking for us in our low estate. This is good news. He comes looking for us. Let me give you another uh, title of our low estate that the scriptures give to us when we don't have God in our life. Deceived. Now, here's the tough thing about being deceived. When you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. Why? Because you're deceived. You're just going through life. You thought I was right. Like a lot of people, well, I think if I just do more good than bad, I'll go to heaven. Ha! Stop right there. Why? You're deceived. You're on your way to hell. In the most loving, caring way I can say it. You're deceived. Look at Titus 3.3. There's lots of titles in Titus 3.3 you could apply to people who don't know Christ. For we ourselves were also once, this is before Christ, we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. If you find yourself on that list, you might be deceived. Because you think you're right with God now. All these things are showing up in your life. It's a good chance that maybe Christ is not Lord of your life. But I don't want you to be, de be deceived. And God doesn't want you to be deceived because he comes and finds us in our lowest state. And this next title is even, is even better and I think more uh, appropriate. It's this one. Get real encouraged. Dead. Our lowest state, we're dead. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, it says, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Dead. For by grace we are saved. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. Uh, dead people can't help themselves. They're just dead. And I think most of us, before Christ, our lowest state was a lot like Lazarus. Remember Lazarus? He was a, a, a disciple that Jesus loved. He, the brother of Mary and Martha. And, and literally, he dies. They send word. And on the fourth day, you know, Jesus shows up and says, roll away the stone. And I love how, how uh, you know, they speak up in this moment. His sister says, as they're about to roll away, she says, no, sir, no, master, do not roll away the stone. I like it in King James best. By this time... He stinketh. He stinketh. And let me say to you, if you don't have Christ in your life, you stinketh. You stinketh. You're dead. 
But there's good news. There's a savior standing outside the tomb of sin saying, roll away the stone. And he's saying, Barbara, come forth. Mike, come forth. Dennis, come forth. Tony, come forth. Come forth. Calling us by name. And those of us who once were in the lowly estate of being dead in sin heard him call us by name, by grace. And that's how we are saved. Responding to the one who calls us out of the stench of sin to live in life toward God. Then what happens in the next? Well, our, 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 our new condition gets revealed. Mary said, they'll call me blessed in all generations. They'll call me blessed in all generations. Can I just say that after Christ, people should call believers blessed in all generations. Why? Because you're saved. Because you're forgiven. The planet ought to look at spirit-filled believers and say, how do you live free of the guilt of the mistakes you made in the past? It's because one came for me and he paid a price for me and he freed me not only from the penalty of sin but from all the shame as well. So I'm forgiven. I'm free. Have you ever known God that way, that he, that he saved you. This is what it means to be blessed. You're saved. You're forgiven. You're, the word blessed also means fortunate. To be envied. That people look at you and say, I want what you have. I love what the word blessed means in, uh, in the Hebrew. The first definition is this. Happy. Happy. He says, all generations, she's saying, all generations will call me happy. Not because she, wasn't in, she was in the best of circumstances. No, her circumstance had nothing to do with it. It was because of the joy of having received the eternal word of God on the inside of her that now she was carrying. She says, all generations will call me fortunate. All generations will call me blessed. Is there something that you are carrying that caused people on the outside to say, why are you so fortunate? Why are you so happy? Why? Because of who is living on the inside of me? 1 Peter 1, 6 in the NIV says it this way. It says, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in, listen to these words, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is Revealed. I, I, listen, praise, glory, and honor, it's going to result in that. Your response to going through various trials and how you live, fortunate, to be envied, blessed, how you live, happy, in the midst of those circumstances, which it says, Turn out to the praise, glory, and honor of God. Well, who does that? Who does that praise, glory, and honor come from? You know who it comes from? The people who were dead 
before, but because of the evidence of God's presence in your life, they then gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And so when he appears, they are so blessed that they saw him in you in the midst of a crisis. So they gave their life to God and they give him praise, glory, and honor. Listen, how you live blessed in this hour. You know your lonely estate, but you need to know I am blessed because of the word I'm carrying. Jesus is on the inside of me. And no matter what is going on around me, I'm going to give him glory. And if I do it the right way, some people are going to say, I don't know what it is about you, but there's something different about your life. I need to know what's happening in you so it will happen in me. And then it will turn out to the praise and the glory and the honor of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Your redeemed life will result in the praise, glory, and honor because people choose Christ because you carried Christ well. Lastly today, you need to see this. The received word reveals God's character. It goes from a very personal experience in Mary's encounter here to a very uh, declarative experience in verse 49, she says, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich has sent, uh, he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Now this just makes the preacher in me happy because I look at all of this and man, I just want to declare God like Mary declared God. And here's what she said. She's saying, God is mighty. He's mighty. And he's not mighty in times, just in times of peace. He's mighty in times of conflict. When there's a war raging against my soul, when there's a crisis happening all around me, he is mighty. He is mighty. Is there something in your life that is singing this song? That this word that's inside of you is saying, my God is mighty. She goes on and she says, and holy is his name. Is there anything about the word in you that is shouting to the world around you? He is holy. He is pure. He is different. He is full of light. In him there is no darkness nor shadow of turning. He is completely other than. He is not like any other God. He is completely standing on his own. He is holy. This is what the received word reveals. His character, his power. And then it goes on and says he is merciful. Oh man, when you receive the word, you ought to be going around. Oh, every day I don't get what I deserve. Every day I get mercy. The scripture says it's new every morning. The scripture says, he's rich in mercy. Man, your life ought to be screaming the mercy of God. He is merciful. How about this one? She is declaring, he is my deliverer. Oh, does anybody in here, can anybody testify of what it's like to have the delivering hand of God reach into your life? 
I know what it's like to be in bondage, to be under the clutches of alcohol and all of a sudden in one moment of power, bang, the power of God breaks the chains and sets me free. I'm telling you, there is a God who delivers and when you receive the word and you're carrying the word in your womb, your life ought to shout there's a deliverer. It's not just me trying to make my way and mope my way and just avoid problems. There's a God who delivers out of problems. He's alive and well and powerful and moves on on the behalf of those who call on his name. He resists the proud and exalts the humble. Is there something about your life that says, I'm not climbing the ladder. I'll get under the ladder and God will lift me to the top of the ladder. Hello. You don't need to fight for your promotion. You need to fight for humility in your life. Fight for humility because why? God exalts the humble and he resists the proud. Matter of fact, the scripture says he knows the proud from afar, but he is near to those with a broken and contrite heart. He is near to the humble. God will exalt the humble. Is that what it looks like, the received word in our life? Has it looked like, man, I'm choosing the low road. I'm not going down the road that the world says, I'm just going to fight my way to the top. No, no, no. I'm going to bow my way to promotion. I'm going to get down low in prayer. I'm going to get down low. (laughs) And then any door God opens for me, no man can shut it. No man can shut it. You open a door for yourself, it's likely to be slammed by somebody else. But when you let God open a door for you, it's something altogether. They can push and push and push all they want. God says, when I open a door, no man can shut it. Is there something in your life that says he's the God that supplies? He feeds the hungry. That's what she says. God feeds the hungry. That means that you can live generously and not worry. God feeds the hungry. Is there something in your life that says, I'm going to live my life in a way that, that says, God, you are first. He feeds the hungry. I can remember when we came here 20 years ago, and the church, the whole church was 120 people. The youth group I came to pastor had six kids in it, and two of them belonged to Pastor Mike, who had just moved here a a month before. There were four kids other than Pastor Mike's two kids, 120 living souls, babies, everybody in Calvary, okay? And we just lived by faith. I'm telling you, we, we just lived on a very small amount. My wife, she said, she said, you know what, I really, we, at the time we just had one, one child, and we're like, you know, she just really wanted to stay home and raise our children. I said, that's really honorable and noble, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it. No matter what it takes, we're going to do it. And she stayed, she stayed home for the better part of 15 years. And, of course, we had, you know, a few more children that came along during that time. And she, she homeschooled our children. And matter of fact, she's gotten a fresh baptism in homeschooling again uh, recently. Uh, you know, and, and so, uh, but, but here's what we did. Here's what we did. We lived in a time where God, we literally had to rely on God. We had to rely on God. I could give you the numbers, but the numbers, they don't work out. They don't work. And we live by faith for years. And in those early years, in those early years, when my wife was, we had one and we were pregnant with our next, we had two vehicles that we owned 
had no payments on, and God said, give one of them away. On one salary, give one away. I'm like, Lord, you know she's pregnant, right? He said, I know. One salary, give it away. We had to wait 12 months on that seed, but you know what we knew? God feeds the hungry. God takes care of his kids. We had things happen in that season. People showed up at our door. Listen, they said this. I'm testifying to the Lord. This is his testimony. Showed up, knocked on our door, and said, give us the sum total of all of your debt, all your student loan, everything that you owe any human being. We gave them a number. It was large. They wrote the whole check, and in one day in that season, came completely out of debt. Is there something in your life from the received word that says, God feeds the hungry, that you can live by faith and you know his character, and it declares it to everyone around you. And lastly, she says, God's our help. You know what this reminds me of? This is the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. When you receive the word, Jesus you then become a candidate for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and he helps you. He says things that only he could say, that only he could know, so that we can live in a power that only he possesses. He's our help. Stop thinking to yourself, I've got to fix everything for myself. There is a God who helps. And our lives, after we've received Christ becomes a people who are helped by his presence. That's our God. And that's what the received word, it needs to declare his character. Let your life be a revelation of Jesus the way Mary's life was a revelation of Jesus. And I want you to carry Mary's word. This mother's word to your world. And let this word transform who you are and make you into the person he wants you to be.